Welcome, everybody, to the L7C podcast. Doing the wrestling with my main wrestling friend, Jacob, on it. The two of us, the wrestling experts around here. And we're just going to talk some wrestling news and go over the NXT main event that happened this past Tuesday. First thing we're going to talk about, because we didn't talk about the last time we spoke of, uh, is about Renee Young. Uh, She was with the company for close to 10 years. And there was rumors saying that she was going to leave WWE. And that was confirmed by her at SummerSlam saying this was her last pay-per-view with WWE. And it came pretty sudden to me. Um, Jacob, what did you think about Renee leaving after almost 10 years with the company? I want to say I was shocked. I guess when I heard it, it was... Didn't see it coming, but it doesn't surprise me. Mm-hmm. Considering her husband is an AEW, and I mean, I've seen in the past years she's had different offers from different companies trying to hire her. Mm-hmm. So I think it was just a matter of time, <laughs> in my opinion, on that. Yeah, with her husband being currently probably the top guy at AEW right now. Uh, for those of you who don't know, Dean Ambrose, who's John. Moxley over at AEW's Renee's husband. Um, but yeah, and I feel like the thing that might have pushed her over the edge, there was some stories about when she got COVID and she announced it to the world. I don't know, before WWE gave her the okay or however they do their medical protocol. She was a little pissed off that WWE didn't reach out to her when she got COVID. So that might have been the thing. I know she has a cookbook and... All of that jazz. So I, pre- it stinks because I like her. I feel like she's been a staple these past almost ten years. But I mean, everyone leaves sooner or later. So yeah, it's it's sad. Honestly, I think Renee Young was definitely the most entertaining person who was outside of the ring. Mm-hmm. Who really had nothing to do with much going on inside. But uh, I mean, all the stuff she did on Talking Smack. Yes great she she was just always entertaining it it sucks she's going but i'm sure wherever she goes it's she's going to do great there's no doubt there absolutely and then going into a happy but then sad thing wade barrett he's back yes um we were super excited about that we thought it was going to be a one night thing with hitting nxt but it looks like He's going to be here for the long haul. But the sad thing is, especially with WWE, you never just get all good. It always comes with some bad. And Mario Ronello is leaving the company. Apparently, they had a mutual split. And I know this hurt me, but it really hurt you, Uh, Jacob. If you want to take the reins on Mario leaving, go ahead, brother. Yeah, uh, Mario Ronello leaving. That one... I didn't see it coming. This one, it hurt me worse than seeing Renee was leaving. Yeah. Because Morrow on any commentating is honestly next to Jim Ross in the Attitude Era. I don't think anybody was better than him. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Didn't know what he was saying. His vocabulary was immaculate. It's a big word for me, let alone. <laughs> um, <laughs> I, I was really sad. I mean, one of my favorite things, and I always sent them to you when they'd pop up, was WWE would record him just announcing. 
and yes. like a highlight compilation of every pay-per-view he did after the pay-per-views. And that was always something I always looked forward to. It was, uh, he was amazing. Um, I imagine he's going to probably, he's going to stick in sports because that's his thing. He was doing pride back in the day. He's done all sorts of mixed martial arts. It would be amazing to see UFC pick him up because I could imagine him and Joe Rogan just killing it together. But it hurt. It hurt bad. I'm super happy to see Wade Barrett back in the WWE. That was that was huge. I was always a big Wade Barrett fan. Um, I hope he came. I wish he would have came back with just his bad news gimmick though, because I was such a fan of that. Mm-hmm. But, uh, yeah, it's it's rough. That one that one hit hard because if you think about it it would have meant so much more watching his last pay-per-view. Yeah. Yeah. Especially, yeah. If we knew he was leaving, they would definitely would have got more eyeballs on that pay-per-view too, because people like him. I mean, I really like him too. And it's going to stink not hearing the Mamma Mia or his like knowledge of everything pop culture relating a side headlock to something that happened to like the Kardashians, like the guy, <laughs> just, he just knows every, he just knows everything. And I guess with Mario, I mean, the man has had a journey in WWE from the beginning where everyone loved him to the whole bullying scandal with your best friend, JBL. Yeah. To then then him coming back. I didn't think he was coming back after that. For then him go to NXT where I felt like that was the perfect fit for him. And then now with him leaving, I don't know. I know in the WWE circles, Michael Cole is their top announcer but like you already said mario is probably the best announcer we've seen in wrestling outside of jr from the attitude era mm-hmm. so i don't know and like i really like wade Barrett too still shocked that he came back especially the way that he left but i don't know if him and that crew can fill mario's shoes and i don't know if this is permanent or is he gonna come back in like a couple years um, it's hard to tell. I mean, he does he does all his freelance stuff. I mean, he did the Mayweather McGregor mm-hmm. commentary for that fight. So he's always kind of done kind of what he's wanted to do. Now, you know me, I'm super hard on the commentary team. Yes, yes, you are. Uh they're my top nemesis. I never complained about Mario or you know, Mario Ronaldo. I never I never did. He was just that good. And I don't know if that was it's definitely a lot of him, but also there he's not the one promoting. Oh, make sure you watch this on the WWE Network during a very important part of the match. Like all the other schmucks who are uh, commentating at <laughs> WWE. I know we talked about that in our last episode, how that's a big pet peeve of ours where they're promoting ice cream bars while someone's kicking out of a finisher or someone's about to win the title. And they're like, oh, make sure you check out such and such on the network. no. We get it, man. <laughs> but he never did that. No, no, he was he was by the books, but he wrote his own book. Was the best way to put it, I think. Now, with Barrett being back and being on commentary, do we think he's gonna wrestle again, or do we just think he's strictly commentary for now? As as much as I want to see him wrestle again, I think it's going to be straight commentary because he was doing he was out of wrestling for the longest time period, but then he was doing commentary for 
uh, I believe it was what culture pro wrestling back when they were around and he was commentating for N was it NWA. Yeah. So I think it's going to just be a commentary deal. Maybe we'll get him in the ring. With him being back and with his, I guess what most people remember him in WWE, the leader of Nexus. I mean, can we potentially see a Nexus reunion? (laughs) Get all those boys or some of them back together. And I mean, and then Cena's once a year type now. So, I mean, gosh, can you imagine the storyline if Barrett's first match backs against John Cena like a WrestleMania? That would be great, but I don't see it happening. Yeah, I'd love it. Yeah, because, I mean, now in his career, there's no Cena just puts anybody over who he wrestles now. So that'd be a great redemption thing, especially with the debacle of Cena burying Nexus at 2010 SummerSlam. Yes. So next thing that happened while we were away was PWI dropped their top 500. We're not going to go over the whole 500 people, so don't worry. We're only going to talk about a few. But number one, since we brought him up, Renee Young's husband, uh, John Moxley. I was shocked they had him number one. I thought Adam was going to be number one, and Adam was number two. Um Top three was Moxley, Cole, Jericho. Uh, Drew was five. Okada was six. Cody, seven. Tetsuya was five. Seth, eight. Kofi, nine. AJ, ten. What did you think about that list? Did you care? Were you like, oh, AEW on top. This is a big deal. What, what did you think? Um. So when I seen it, I was like, oh, Moxley's, he's number one. Okay. I, I wasn't sure how to feel about it at first. But then the more and more I started to think about it, technically, Moxley's not the best wrestler in between him and Cole. Yeah. And I don't think that's even close. But considering what Moxley has done from July 1st of last year to June 30th of this year, I get it. I, I can get why he was number one, considering he made such a splash in Japan. And then when he debuted on AEW, that was huge. He's been kicking ass. Yeah. And for those, for the listeners who don't know what the PWA Top 500 is, it doesn't just equate like your wrestling ability. Most of it is from your story. Like what is happening from your show, from the times that Jacob said from July to now or whatever it was. So if you're out there winning titles throughout that whole year, you're going to be ranked pretty high. So, I mean, and like you said, John... When I looked back at it, too, from Japan and coming to AEW, he has been dominating. I guess the only reason I thought eight, uh, Adam Cole would be number one was especially that time from November all the way to when he lost the title to Keith Lee, where he was showing up on each brand, beating Seth, beating Daniel, longest reigning NXT champion, all the sweet pay-per-view matches. But, I mean, the top two... I I agree with. And then Drew in number four, you got to have a guy who beats Brock Lesnar in the top five. It's just, I feel like that's the cliche now. Yeah, that's safe. yeah, that's definitely, that's a safe bet. Yeah, and then your guy, because you're you're the number one Bray Wyatt fan I know in my life. He was, six, he was 16. <laughs> yeah, we're, uh, I, you must have been reading my mind because that was going to be the next thing I was going to bring up. <laughs> Go ahead. The fact that Bray Wyatt is 
number 16 is an outright dumpster fire of a pick. <laughs> I was not happy to see that. Okay, so you have Bray Wyatt, yep. the man who's done however many gimmicks he's done now. He's done mm-hmm. a ton. Mm-hmm. The Fiend is... I know everyone compares him to The Undertaker, but literally... I am very upset that he is not in the top five. I would go as far to say he should have replaced Chris Jericho at number three. Okay. Okay. Not okay. Because anytime he talks, I'm glued to the television. Yeah. I'm a big mark for Bray Wyatt, but this fiend character, I think he had the best match at mania with Cena. I mean, if you call that a match, I'm not exactly sure. But that was the most entertaining match in Mania, in my opinion. Everything he's done, it's just been gold. Minus all the debacles. Right. And with Bray Wyatt, with touch on that John Cena match at Mania, for me, like I'm a big movie guy. I'm a big video game guy. I love Easter eggs and stuff like that and looking for them. And the John Cena Bray Wyatt match had so many Easter eggs. If you didn't pay attention, you didn't see how well they crafted that mini movie. I mean, people sleep on the fact that Bray, uh, the Fiend did the you can look but you can't touch right in front of Cena's face. And if people who know John Cena, that's what his ex, Nikki Bella's entrance was. It was a small things like that. I'm like, man, this guy is so creative. And it's like it hurts every time he's on top just for it to be yanked within a week. You could say it was such good shit. <laughs> Oh, so talk about Moxley and Bray Wyatt. I think we still have to bring up the it was such good shit comment. That <laughs> one had me I was cracking up when we watched that. I was like, that's amazing. I can't believe Vince let it happen. Me me too. I when I heard that, I'm like, wait, did he just say shit? Wait, what <laughs> wait, did the doll just say that and no block out? I was like, oh boy. And I was like, we already knew they recorded the matches beforehand. So it's like, oh, they really just let that. Let that go. Okay. I mean, whatever. Um, but yeah, that's that's really... I mean, there are other names. Braun Sturman was 19. Keith Lee was 11. Well, that was, I was shocked. I didn't think he should have been ahead of Bray, actually. Kenny was 13. Alistair is 22. Osprey was 21. Justin Jay White was 28. Your guy, Ciampa, was 30. Just to name a couple of the other people on the list and I feel and then it just goes down and you see the usual people and I might have a I'll probably link the list to when we publish this so people can look at it at their uh the one that really shocked me but I was so happy to see was (laughs) number 20 Jacob Fatu yes he yeah he was in the top top 20 like right after Braun Strowman, I'm like, man, and right before Will Osprey, and he's ahead of a lot of, lot of good people. So he's good. I mean, the fact when he resigned with MLW, that I was like, oh, oh, he resigned with them. I was like, okay, he believes in this this little company compared to what we normally talk about. I was very shocked to see him on there, but I was so happy to see him. Um, was there any? picks that kind of took you by surprise or that you were not happy with on the or people top. left off 
we already talked about Bray. I was kind of shocked he was that low, even though I know he gets screwed in the end. But I feel like he had a good run from that point. Um, Walter, I almost thought about Walter at 25. I didn't know if he could have been a little. I feel like he should have been ahead of Alistair Black just because, one, he's the champion. And him and Imperium have been dominating. Kevin, Kevin Owens, Baron Corbin, who I despise, but this man, <laughs> but I despise him because he's a great heel. So that's a good reason to despise him. So I feel like he could have been up a little bit because he, he gets me to hate him a lot. So those were some things. There weren't any that I was just like, uh, I was, well, I would say I was shocked Brock Lesnar was so high at 12. The dude's only wrestled once. <laughs> and, uh, like, <laughs> so I was shocked he was that high. I don't know if he was that high because he let Drew beat him in five minutes, but that one I was just like, whatever. But there wasn't anything too, too uh, crazy on it. It's weird seeing these lists these past couple years and not seeing my guy Cena on there because he's not really. He does this once. He's the once a year guy now, but it's weird because I mean I used to see him on the list every year since I was like. Since like '03, and then now it's just like, hmm, dude's onto the sunset. So I need yeah, to... but there Kofi, a... Kofi oh, being oh. in the top ten, great. Absolutely, Kofi deserves top ten. Mm-hmm. I absolutely. So, but yeah, I don't know those lists. I usually try and pay attention to who's the top ten. And where are people I like, and if they got screwed by someone I don't know, then I look up the guy I don't know, and I'm like, oh, this guy's sweet. There was a couple that kind of took me by surprise, hence I don't know how they rate the whole top 500, but I don't know if you paid attention. Bobby Lashley was number 44. Mm-hmm. Okay? I don't think he's had a great year. I really don't think he's done much of anything since he came back to the WWE. I think they missed the opportunity to do the Brock Lesnar Bobby Lashley match. Oh, they miss but, that every year, every year. Mm-hmm. But to put that in the perspective where Bobby Lashley's 44, Matt Taven is number 45 from Ring of Honor. Johnny Gargano is 46. Yeah. And Randy Orton is 48. Yeah. How does Bobby Lashley beat out them? Uh, what other ones got me? Apollo Cruz was 82. <laughs> now, if we go back to last week, Apollo Cruz is great in the ring. Hot dumpster fire on the mic. Yep. How's he top 100? And then I seen old Tim Thatcher, who I had a question last, last week was, who the hell's Tim Thatcher and why do I care? He's number 116. <laughs> uh, oh, yep. That's, yep. That's your new guy. You're like, who is this guy? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. One person, because I like looking at the lower parts because they normally add newer indie people. Right. Uh, 254, Max Lindsay. If you don't know who she is, she's a women's wrestler from Dayton, Ohio. She's got this whole wasteland fallout gimmick deal. She's a bad ass. Mm-hmm. She's going to be a big name. She was 254. I was so happy to see her on there. For those who listen, definitely go check her out. But 
and I know this probably won't mean much to a lot of people, but this one was big to me. There's a wrestler. His name is Jackson Argos. I've talked to you about him a couple times now. He's an indie guy. He's done some local shows where I'm from. He was IWC, International Wrestling Cartels, heavyweight champion. He beat Wardlow, who's MJF's bodyguard, beat him for the championship in IWC. He's going to be huge one day. He's one of the best mouthpieces on the indies, and it's not even close. He's think of like a Canadian Miz. Oh, he's he's so good. He wasn't even on there when I seen that. I even messaged him. I said, that's an absolute disgrace. Go check him out, guys. Jackson Argos, J-A-X-O-N-A-R-G-O-S. I'm plugging him. He deserves it. But once you get past like the top 25, top 50, PWI is just kind of like, oh, hey, here's some wrestlers. It feels like. Right. right. Paulo Cruz being an 82 is a joke. Should not be there. And you, you brought up the thing about Bobby being ahead of Randy. I guess I would say that I think from the edge angle to now, there's been not that many heels, if anyone in wrestling, hotter than Randy. But I guess before then, he was just, you know, typical Randy. They put him out. He RKO's someone. Because I don't even remember the last storyline he was in pre-edged going forward. But that would be the only thing for that. But I do, talking about wrestling and probably – the biggest star ever to come out of wrestling. I have breaking news right now as we're recording. The Rock has tested positive for COVID. What? Just now, breaking news. Rock has tested positive for COVID. His wife and his two younger daughters. He announced it on his uh, Instagram. And this is breaking because this is just happening as we're recording. Oh. So Is he good or... Um, from what he was saying, is it's been tough, but they're 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 hanging in. I mean, he doesn't look like he's lost any weight or anything. But if I mean, if he's just announcing it, we'll see what he's like in two weeks. We're probably gonna hit back on him in two weeks from now. It's hopefully he's good because I mean, he he's the biggest overall star to ever come out of wrestling. So this is gonna be a a big deal, and we're definitely going to have to pay attention to that. Didn't we, see that coming. No, no, and I'm just sitting. I'm like, oh no, breaking news. We got to talk about it because they're recording us right now. <laughs> sure. But we wish his family the best. Yes, absolutely. Last thing, which this is going to take a little bit. NXT was on Tuesday. Uh, Super Tuesday due to actually your sport, hockey, I believe, being on USA uh, this Wednesday and next Wednesday. Finally. (laughs) Hockey's getting some recognition, finally. And the main event uh, was for the NXT title. It was a 60-man, 60-minute Ironman match, Fatal (laughs) 4-Way. I was going to say 60-man Ironman. That would have been too crazy. But it was Finn Balor, Adam Cole, Choppa, and Johnny Wrestling, Johnny Gargano. And when you think of a Mount Rushmore potentially of NXT, that those four could potentially be anyone's Mount Rushmore. And you could be like, yeah, I have no issues with that. Yep. It was an hour. First pin, first pin went to Finn. And then I think it was Johnny, Adam, then Ciampa. And then 
Finn got the last pin with like 11 seconds left on the coup de gras. And I thought he was going to win. But then Adam swooped in, hit him from the back, pinned him. And we had a tie. And I thought they were going to sudden death that moment. So I was already getting getting the food ready because I'm like, oh, I'm going to be up a little bit later. But then they moved that to next Tuesday, calling it a sudden death match, which I don't understand because if it's just one-on-one, unless it's another Iron Man match between the two, then it's sudden death. But technically, a one-on-one match, whoever gets the first pin wins anyway. So that made no sense to me. (laughs) (laughs) But what did you think about that match? Do you think it delivered with the caliber of superstars that were in there? And what did you think of the finish? All right. So when this whole thing started, my prediction was Finn. That was that was my guess. Finn was going to go over in this. I still stick to that prediction going into quote unquote sudden death. The first three minutes of this match, they were heavy hitting. They yes. were super, super heavy hitting. And I was like, hey, like you're I was like, are they gonna keep this up for fifty-seven more minutes? And then on at fifty what, fifty-six minutes and 50, you know, whatever seconds. I'm not great at math, guys. <laughs> it it slowed down a lot. It slowed down a lot, it seemed like, in those first 30 minutes of that match. I mean, I figured, like, hey, you got 60 minutes. Like, you have to have your slow moments. You, know, you got to have your filler moments, which I fully expected. Did it live up to my hype? I don't think so. I don't think it lived up to my hype because... You know, I'm a I'm a big mark for NXT when it comes to WWE. I think it's their really only solid good product consistently. Mm-hmm. And when I've seen all these four names, I'm like this is going to be the biggest barn burner on television in years. That was my thought. It was good. I'm not saying it wasn't bad. It was good. All okay. right, we're back. <laughs> we're back. <laughs> All right, we got a cut off on you talking about Adam doing the last shot, and um... uh, I, I was wondering why you weren't getting back to me. I was like, Martin, you going you want to answer my question here, Bob? <laughs> All right. So, anyways, uh, Adam Cole hits the last shot on Finn to tie it, and it goes into sudden death, which is just like you said, it just sounds really dumb. Yeah. To be completely honest, they I feel like they should have at least done. Some store, some sort of added stipulation to that, and I'm hoping they still do. Hoping they do some sort of steel cage, last man standing, no DQ, whatever it'd be. I'm hoping they just add something to it because it just, it kind of just let me down when that happened. Um, but it was a really solid match. My biggest gripe, though, was, and this was, this is me. You you give me your opinion if you agree or disagree. Mm-hmm. It seemed like there were so many commercials during this match that half the time I was watching this on a little screen to the left. Yeah. It just took away from the match. Yeah, I agree with that. I feel like with that type of caliber of match, I feel like that should have been on the network but I do appreciate them giving it on free TV, but I wish they would have pulled some strings with USA to have limited commercials. 
during that match. They've done that before on big NXT matches. Um, the first NXT that was live on TV, they had limited commercials, so I don't understand why they couldn't do it for that. Um, to go back on the finish with the tie, now it's Finn and um, Adam. I mean, they've been teasing this since that live NXT, the very first one where Adam Cole came out and Finn came out. We're like, oh, Finn's going to come straight for the title. But then that match never happened. So now that it's finally happening, I think it's going to be good. I do want a stipulation on it. I would like a last man standing match. I think that fit both of them really well. And I guess overall with the match, I did feel like it was a good match. But I don't feel like it was a match of the year type match that I know those four could have had. It might have been because of commercials. It might have been because they're saving themselves for next week because they knew what the finish was, that there was going to be a tie. I don't know. I just feel like it was good. It was really good. It just wasn't match of the year contender for me. Uh, someone asked me if I thought it was the match of the year, and I still think that Keith Lee versus Dajakovic at the takeover before COVID was the best match NST's had this year. That's a I, I'd agree with that statement. Yes. So that was just my thoughts. I mean, we'll see. I, half of me almost wishes that the first half of the Super Tuesday didn't even happen. I wish it was just the out first. Just this was the only match because. Those other matches weren't doing anything for me. Agree. I mean the the street fight with Finn or Brazango and uh, Isaiah Swerve Scott. I mean that finish was cool on that match, but Isaiah Swerve Scott's growing on me. I'll say that much. I really didn't know much about him, but he's growing on me. But this match, it was good. It wasn't up to the hype they built. And I don't have that many complaints. Other the commercials just really killed me. Normally it's a commentary. This time it was just the commercials. And like you said, they in the beginning of NXT they had the limited commercials or no commercials for the first X amount of time. Because I know AEW and NXT were going back and forth on that. And why they didn't quote unquote pull strings with USA, I have no idea. I, I think they killed it. I'm I'm happy they put it on TV though, and it wasn't a pay per view. Like that's cool. Yeah, yeah. Um, next week, Tuesday again is the main event: Cole versus Finn. Who do you got? Oh, I got Finn. Finn. You think it with does Undisputed Era make uh, their presence known, or you think it's just going to be straight one on one? I'm not sure. And the reason I'm not so sure on this one is. I think if Undisputed gets involved, I think the split comes. Mm. And are we ready for the split of Undisputed? I do not think so. Not yet. So I, because if Undisputed comes in, who comes to Finn's aid? Like, Brazango? Like, <laughs> who's... And if you remember on our TakeOver SummerSlam podcast, mm-hmm. I said that there seems to be these blurred lines of who's the heel and who's the face. Yep. Going into this match, I was asking a question like, I guess Finn's the most face champ. I mean, la- the week before when he re-debuted, 
everything he did was super heelish, mm-hmm. which I loved. I love a good heel champ. It's where he thrives. You know, Johnny's obviously heel. Undisputed Era has been a heel stable from the get-go. Finn's doing his thing that's blurring the lines of heel and face. Where I was like, who who's your real face? I guess I guess Finn. Like, which I'm good with. I thought they were going to do something big with Finn. I still think they're going to. I think they're just going to move plans that were going to be a, in the future now to the present. Who do you got coming up in this match? I, I have Finn. I think it's finally time for him to get that back. I feel like with Adam just having that 430-something day reign, they're not going to put it back on him uh, for a little bit. I would say with the heel face thing, I... With Adam, I almost kind of, like, coming in to this match, I guess he had more face behavior just because he was the guy, even though it was a personal vendetta, defending NXT against the outsider. Uh, Pat, you know how us purists see those that way. It's just like, oh, we want the... So some people thought of him as a face when he fought Pat, and then coming in now, he just wanted the title. But, I mean, he was always a heel or tweener champ but i feel like finn was more of a face like you said but yeah i think finn i do think it's time um there's a lot of matches he can have as champ with the people on here the shop there's argano there's a there's a lot of people i don't know if finn's ever going back to the main roster and if he is you might as well run this as long as you can agreed now we talked about like them throwing out a stipulation for this match <laughs> What if, I mean, this would, this would get the viewers in big time. What if they started teasing Finn would go demon for this upcoming Super Tuesday too? Oh, that, that if they want viewers, demon on live TV, nope, don't have to pay for it. That will get viewers. They would have to drop the hits on social media since there's not another show leading up to that unless something happened on like SmackDown, which I don't think is going to happen, but... I mean, whenever Demon comes back, because I think they're doing it, I wish they treated the Fiend kind of like the Demon, because, like, you don't see the Demon every week. You don't even see him every pay-per-view. You see him once sporadically, because it's so majestic and so great, and he doesn't lose, and you're like, this is great. The Fiend, they've already had this, I'm not, we're not even going to talk about last week, he always just, he's in big matches, then he loses, but then you expect everyone to be afraid of them. I feel like they need to make it more like a demon Valor type thing. Yeah, I, I once again, I I agree with you. It's I if Finn would just post a Instagram picture, even if it was just an old picture of the demon with just like a caption of just a question mark. Oh, that would get everybody talking. Everybody under the sun who likes wrestling would be like, oh, is he bringing demon back? And he does his entrance and it's red. Oh, it's money. It's so much money. Take my money. It's all yours. That's the way to draw me back after that 60 minute, 60 minute Iron Man match. That that would get me hooked to be like, I'm okay with it. Right. Now, I was thinking this morning, like on my ride to work, I'm like, well, thinking about that match from last night. And I'm like, well, it's NXT. If there's anyone I have faith in, it's NXT. And I'm like, whatever they're going to do, they're going to do right. So I imagine there's going to be not necessarily a swerve, but I feel like there's going to be something 
bigger than, or not bigger, but something big besides getting a new NXT champion. Right, right. Because they're they're always building stories. Yeah, we might. Yeah, some it might something might change. Maybe the biggest swerve ever is Otis cashes in next Tuesday. Oh, as much as I like Otis, as much I want to see something different, I don't want to see that different. I that that's one. Like I said, have him cash in US IC tag titles. Have him do one of those. Yeah. Or have him, like you said, cash in for Mandy. Mm-hmm. But not, do not mess with my NXT main event for next week. Yeah, I don't think he's going to do that. It was just a random thing. Last thing that we're going to talk about, because we just got a request from our friend Mitchell Oso, because he wanted us to talk about it for a little bit. Uh, j- j- <laughs> Jabroni getting added to the dictionary. Yes! <laughs> the word made by Dwayne and the Iron Sheik. It's it's in the dictionary. <laughs> and Finally, <laughs> Tabroni has come to the dictionary, and I think that's the second word the rocks it has put in the dictionary because SmackDown's in the dictionary. So it's like, oh man! And people say wrestling doesn't affect the culture of the world. Crazy, <laughs> <laughs> crazy, crazy, crazy. I've seen that. I was very happy. I was like, hey, you know what? All my teachers who yelled at me for calling people jabronis when I was a child, saying it's not a real word, <laughs> in your face. Right, right, right. Well, that's all we have for today's wrestling episode of the L7C podcast. Always got to thank Jacob for being on with me when we can just sit here and just shoot about wrestling really trying to hash out the schedules looking like every two weeks a wrestling podcast is going to be coming out as long as we're both here and as long as wrestling doesn't disappear because of covid we're going to be talking wrestling awesome thanks again for having me on I, i love being on here i have so much fun I, I actually enjoy taking notes once again. It's fun. It's such a blast doing this. I appreciate it. Oh, no problem, man. If you had, and I'll let you have the last word. If you have anything else you want to say, shout out. Go ahead. Uh, shout, shout out to my fiance because as much as I work hard on these notes that I try and bring to the table, She's always spitting out ideas like, ooh, what do you think about this? I'm like, oh, that's a great idea. Shout out to Hannah. She's the real MVP of this double wide household. Oh, yeah. And she's, I've met her a couple of times. She's great. I think an episode down the line that we're going to hit having the ladies on and what's it like being with someone who gets so ingratiated into <laughs> wrestling? I, I think that's a really good one we're going to have to produce down the line. Oh, yes, most definitely. We have to do that. Yeah, it's because Courtney has seen me when it comes to my favorites and when I'm mad at a finish. And oh, you you lose yourself, and I'm starting to cuss at everything imaginable. And uh, (laughs) I I just, it'll be a great thing to hear from a woman's perspective. But thank you guys all again for listening to L7C podcast. We'll be talking to you guys soon. Take care. See you guys. Thank you for listening to this episode of the L7C Podcast. Be sure to like, rate, review, and subscribe to the channel. 
follow us on all social media platforms, and we'll be talking to you guys soon. Take care.